Welcome to These Days at Home podcast. I am Melissa Johns from the blog HarborHome32.com. I invite you to sit down with me and have a cup of coffee as I share encouragement, relatable life stories, and biblical reflections on These Days at Home. Welcome back to These Days at Home podcast. I hope you are all doing well. Uh, We have survived our initial potty training weekend in our house. Uh, It was three days of being locked inside and saying, tell me when you have to go potty like a million times um, and never peeling my eyes off the kid. My husband actually took two days off of work to do this with me because we have twins and I really needed the help. The method we use was a three-day method where you ditch the diapers literally and put your kid in underwear the minute they have their first accident you bring them to the potty chair and hopefully get the rest of it in the toilet and explain pee and poop now go in the toilet and so on and so forth um but we had a you know obviously we had twins and we can't ignore them all day so i had to really have my eyes on Patrick and then my husband and I would take turns, you know, depending on what the needs of the moment were. So it was, it was interesting. Um, did we potty train our kid in three days as this little book that I read promised? No. (laughs) Um, first time potty trainer here. So I, I had a lot of grand ideas about how this was going to go. Um, but it is a process just like learning how to sleep through the night, which our twins are finally doing. (laughs) Praise be to God. Um, Seriously, I am so thankful for that. It's been a long six months of not a lot of sleep and they are finally sleeping through the night. It's just amazing. Anyway, um, it's a process like uh, learning how to sleep through the night or any other developmental things. So I think we're actually getting there. He's really, I think he's really getting it. Um, Obviously, we'll have layers of like, you know, what it's going to be like when we go somewhere else and learning to use like the public um, toilets, the bathrooms, um, you know, learning how to even communicate, like and tell us he has to go potty because he doesn't do that. He's more independent and just will go to the bathroom and like run to the bathroom when he has to go, Um, which I'm grateful for. But still, there's that, you know, communication factor that will need to be there um, as we venture out into the world. Um... So anyway, yeah, I'm glad that it went the way it did, and um, I did miss my garage sailing weekend here in New Prague in Minnesota. They ha- we have a citywide garage sale every once a year, and um, I just, this town, I don't know, I love their garage sales, and so um, I was really bummed to miss it, but um, I don't need that much more stuff. As much as I love to find $10 Victorian chairs... As much as I love them, I don't need any more. Our little house just can't can't hold any more furniture. So it'll just have to wait until we get our mansion someday, if we ever do. <laughs> um, so anyway, this whole thing of potty training our child with the help of my husband, Tony, uh, really fits into one of the concepts that, that's just been burning on my heart and my mind uh, lately as I spend time on social media and watch YouTube Um it's just been something I've been thinking about. And that's the concept of me, like I as the mom or homemaker can do it all and have it all. That seems to be the current goal among women today and uh, newly among stay-at-home moms. Um, In the last two years, I started a blog and a YouTube channel and now this podcast. I initially started 
my blog because it had always been a dream of mine to have one. And during the pandemic, I came across this blogger who made a six figure income while homeschooling her kids and building a homestead and building this successful business during her kids nap times is what she said. Um, she built this very successful business over a few years and her husband was actually able to leave his job and come just quit his job and come home. And they live on that one income they run their home and their business together. Um, and actually there are many other women that I know that do this. Um, when I, um, started blogging, I met, I met many others, Um, and this, so if this is the first time you're hearing about this concept, it has actually something that's pretty common. There's so many blogs out there and people that the blogs that you probably see a lot are people that have made it a full-time job because, um, the ones that like Google and Pinterest will populate for you are the ones that, um, are, have, yeah, have the most views, uh, their blog is well established. And so anyway, all that to say, it is not a new thing, but yet, um, it's uh, still kind of surprising every time you hear it, like, oh, wow, this person has made so much money. Anyway, um, I, I, sorry, I'm going off on a tangent here. Um, so anyway, this woman has made this whole career out of this while she is homeschooling and um, running a homestead and all these things. And I was really intrigued by this because I, um, I wanted to have a blog of my own. And if it could make some, make some money for me at one point, I was like, wow, that would be great. And so I took her course. Uh, she's a very professional blogger and I learned everything I need to know from her about how to set up my website, how to pick a niche and topics, uh, strategies for making money, all the tricks of the trade and how to really grow a successful blog. Um, what am I, what am I about to say? I, really want to make sure you hear I'm not going to throw her under the bus because what she does is very good, very high quality, very professional. Um, I think we'd be real life in, or we'd be friends in real life if I ever met her someday. Um, and she, I'm a big fan of hers and I, she's like my go-to blogger for recipes and just any like inspiration. And so I hope she can continue to do what she's doing for a long time. Um, so as I continue with this train of thought here, just, you know, hear me, don't hear me say I'm throwing her under the bus at all. Um, something I learned while taking her course, um, and just through my experience in blogging is that to have a successful blog and YouTube channel, you need to create titles or blog posts, um, of your YouTube videos that can, are considered, um, what they call a good S. Uh, uh, SEO title, search engine optimization, because basically what you, your titles, um, you want your titles to be searchable and easy to find. So you have a better chance of getting more traffic to your blog and therefore increasing your viewership and chances of getting bra- uh, brands and ad runs to partner with you, etc. Well, over the last few years, I noticed a trend in the titles of some YouTube videos from many different bloggers and the titles were things like, uh, getting it all done, doing it all, um, come do all the things with me where the video, the, the YouTuber would take you on a day in the life video of them doing everything, getting all their things done, homemaking, cooking, chores, um, housework, parenting, errands, whatever it was. And, um, these videos became quite popular 
And the reason that people keep making these videos is because the view numbers are high, therefore increasing the, the ranking, the SEO ranking of those videos. Um, so it kind of became this like vicious cycle in my mind where it's like they made this video and caught on. So they're, oh, I'm going to make another one. Um, and just kind of perpetuated this concept of here, let's let, let me do all the things. I'm going to show you how to do all the things and be super productive, get everything done. Um, and th I think there's a subtle message there that they probably didn't mean to put into the world. Um, but it's, it's a few things I want us, I want to reflect on. I've been reflecting on it for a while and I just want to encourage you guys to reflect on these things too. Um, for the first one is this idea that I can do it all. I think there, like I said, there's a subtle message there with these videos. Um, and the, the, this concept of I can do it all. I'm a superwoman. I can educate my child. I can run a business. I can cook meals. I can garden and everything by myself. I'm a one woman show. And I would say yes and amen to all of that. We are very capable. We can do so much more than we are capable. We think we are capable of. I think some of the appeal to these, you know, watching these women is like, oh my gosh, they do all these things and I don't do like half those things. And how can they do all of this? And you are much more capable than you realize. Um, there's more time in the day than you realize you may not feel that way with everything that's thrown at you, but, um, there is more time in the day than you might think to actually accomplish whatever goal it is that you have. But rarely are we ever a one woman show. Um, the blogger I learned all these things from, she, um, and took my course from, she ha would have people ask her over and over and over again, how she did it. How do you do it? How do you manage all of that? And for a while, she would answer the question and give tips for organization or time management, etc. But after so many years, I think she got tired of it and eventually said something like, look, I don't do it all myself. It may seem like that from my videos, but what you don't see is that I have three employees that help me run my business. I, or they, they answer emails, they edit my videos, and I have someone come and clean my house every two weeks. And my husband does a lot of the homeschooling and I have someone come and watch our kids. So my husband, and I can go on a date, like all these things, um, she said, and it became evident to me that while it may look like one thing from the outside, she was willing to make it clear that she doesn't do it all. And I think this is so, so important for us as women right now in this current cultural moment, there is this pie in the sky dream for us as women. We can have the career we always wanted. We have, um, while also having the perfect family and marriage and friends and bodies and home decoration and optimal health, like all these things. Um, but that's actually a very false image online of what you see. And if you, you don't know that already, if you haven't interacted with social media long enough to realize that, please do realize that it is what people put out there is just what they want you to see, to create a certain image about themselves. Um, whether it's for a business, which is again, fine, or just personally, which again, whatever, but rarely uh, do we see what's behind the scenes. There's so much more going on behind the scenes. Um, and I think the truth is we can't do it all. I think that's, that is, dare I say, a lie that I think we believe as we watch people and we think, oh, they have it all. And then I, I should be able to have it all too and do it all. Um, but that's just not true. 
Um, I know it's not true for me. I stop and look about, look around my life and think about all the things and ways that I receive help. I receive help from um, my, my mom and um, she watches my kids, you know, when I need to go get groceries or she comes along, come, comes along with me or, um, you know, we have our, yeah, my in-laws or my parents watch our kids when we need to go out or have doctor's appointments or for a while there, my mom and my mother-in-law were coming over to watch the kids while I cleaned the house because I was just swamped. Um, so I think it, it's important to stop and then just like think about the ways that we do have help that help us accomplish what we need to. Um, but rarely do we actually do every single thing. Um, yeah, we just, we just don't. So I would encourage you guys to, to just kind of stop and think about that as you go about your life. Um, look at all the ways that you have, you have help. Um, whether that's something as simple as, you know, um, buying, going out, going out to eat one night, you have money to do that. And that's one more meal that you didn't have to cook. That is one thing that you didn't have to do that day. Um, and so anyway, that's just an encouragement I have, um, for you. I think this is one of the biggest problems, um, also that I see in America. We can, we are very, an, uh, are a very individualistic culture even though we live in communities with houses right next to each other and we we really know our neighbors and we aren't family oriented we are very me oriented how can i get the career i want uh, marry who i want live where i want etc and you look at so many other cultures around the world um, they are much more community and family family oriented i think of the african culture Asian culture, the Latin cultures specifically, um, they know their purpose here on earth was to take care of each other. You see this in those cultures, they take care of their aging parents, where here we send people off to nursing homes where their quality of life declines drastically because they are not around the people that they know and love. Um, there was a real I saw on Instagram a few weeks ago. Actually, I shared it on Instagram a few weeks ago about how our American culture has taken so much out of our natural lifestyle and made it into a product or a service to buy. Whereas people in other cultures, things just are like not like exercise. Like, um, I don't, I've been to Europe, a f you know, spent a decent amount of time in Europe and pe people are not as like exercise obsessed over there as we are here. Um, I don't know exactly what it is, but I, my guess is that their lifestyle is just, is just a little bit more naturally oriented towards walking and being in nature. If you live in a metropolis, you walk, you know, you walk a mile to your uh, train stop and you take the train into, into the city to, to work or to go to school or whatever. Um, or if you live in a small village, you're walking everywhere. Like there's just so much more natural ways of exercising in those cultures um, but they also, you know, they, they smoke cigarettes, they drink espresso and wine, and they have tight knit relationships with people in their towns. They talk to every day. Um, and it's just, it adds up to more of a, um, more of a holistic lifestyle. And they're, and I think therefore too, just more relationally oriented, um, where, yeah, everything here, it's just, it's been taken, taken out of our lifestyle and, um, so we kind of feel like we're, we're drowning in a lot of ways. We're trying to have all these things when, if we just changed our lifestyle, I think 
we, it would be a little different. Um, I see, I see that too in uh, so many uh, first-time moms. They are struggling because they really need the person next door to come over and sit and fold laundry with them while they have a cup of tea or while she can talk about motherhood and get help and prayers and ideas. And we, we don't do that. We don't enter into the messy and ordinary parts of each other's lives, um, which I think would, is the biggest help of all. The Amish are another is another community that uh, intrigues me. I love reading Beverly Lewis's books. One thing I realized while reading them is that people didn't like go out to have a night out, which I think is probably more um, in line with their you know their values of how they want to live their life. But um, also, I think it's because they had all their socializing done during the day while they were quilting, making food, or um, cooking for the local bake sale or canning or raising a barn. Their lives were just so simple in the material world. And yet all of they, they had all the social socializing they needed just by helping each other out with what they needed to get done in the day and to prepare for winter, for example, canning the food for winter. Anyway, I'm rambling now, but I think you get what I'm trying to say is that so much of our culture is actually against us thriving in relationships and overall health. Um, and I think if we had had that, we would um, we wouldn't feel this need to like have it all, because we would feel like or have to do it all ourselves because we would feel like we have people around us and have the help we need. So in a short, let's all move to Italy. <laughs> I'm in. Anybody else? Um, so uh, now I want to say a quick word about single moms out there, um, where. It, very well may feel like you have to do it all. You have to work to provide. You have to raise your kids on your own, cook and clean and literally do all the things. Um, you guys are my superheroes. The weight of responsibility on your shoulders must be enormous. And if that's you, please, please lean into your community, your church, your family members. You deserve help and uh, reprieve in your life. It doesn't all have to be on you. So anyway, shout out to you single mamas out there. So one uh, takeaway uh, as you go about your day, just take a look around and help uh, to think about and think about the help that you have been given and just give thanks. If it's even if it's even for something as simple as buying a lunch at a restaurant or a loaf of bread at the store that you didn't have to make with your own hands, um, it's help that we've been given. Um, second reflection that I'd like us that I think about and encourage you to think about, um, in this whole concept of doing it all, having it all is, uh, just the, the productivity side. Um, just the obsession maybe of productivity. I see it in my own heart. Um, and I see it in the world around us coming from the office an office and career world for about 10 years before I had my own kids. It was very hard. And honestly, it still is to not mark my days by productivity. I know so many of you out there can relate because I've talked to you. I've had these conversations with my friends for as long as I can remember. We as a culture have marked our days by productivity and how much we can get done in a day. This is the case from the highest executives running companies that literally work around the clock to produce something as simple as cereal to the stay-at-home mom who just needs to get everything done to feel like she has made progress in her day. That's me. Um, so I understand when you 
are taking care of little ones, it feels like you're not accomplishing anything because it takes years to see the fruit of your work and the physical work to keep up a house piles up behind you as you spend time playing, feeding, and training your kids literally all day. And if you have been a woman who has had a career or is stepping out of the employed world to be home and raise your kids, it can be very hard to leave this mindset behind. And honestly, I think the pursuit, the pursuit of productivity is exhausting and is futile. Like the writer of Ecclesiastes says, it's chasing the wind. Uh, everything is toilsome. And um, let me just encourage you, though, my friends, uh, let me tell you right now, you are worth more than your most productive and your mo- least productive day. Your value is not measured by your productivity. Your value comes from God who made you. At a church I was at once, um, the benediction every Sunday went something like this. You have dignity in your being because you are made in the image of God. Go and make disciples of all nations. And it kind of went on. I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but that, that first line I remember so well. You have dig- dignity in your being because you are made in the image of God. So go, therefore, and work and play and all these things. So your value does not come from the fact that you can produce something. Um, Your value comes from the fact that you are made in the image of God. Now, uh, does God want us to be good workers? Yes, he created the concept of work. Work was actually a part of the world before Satan entered it, before the fall. God gave the ground to Adam to work and to cultivate. Then sin entered it and it became toilsome and hard work. So if you feel like you thrive on work, you do. It's a great, it feels great to be productive and like you have gotten something done and contributed to the world. What I want to caution us against and myself included, I'm talking to me here, is the addiction side, addiction side of productivity or idolizing it in our hearts to where it is the only way that we see our day, the only way that we can validate what we do is by how much we get done in a day. There are days that it literally is survival mode. Breakfast dishes blend into lunch dishes and lunch dishes blend into dinner dishes. And it can feel like we are making no progress. But those days are probably the ones that we have had a lot of heart to hearts with our kids and made memories or just plain been present whenever for whatever the day has to come or whatever's coming to us that day. So hear me say this now. It doesn't matter what you get done in a day. You were there for your kids and you were, um, your value does not come in, uh, come from what you get done in a day. As I wrap up this portion, I wanted to say again, um, that, uh, I very much, uh, relate to all this. I've been chewing on these thoughts for you guys. Oh, I don't know months. And so, um, I'm sharing it with you all as, as a, not as a preaching thing, but as literally like I'm, I'm there with you and trying to, um, keep myself from measuring my days by productivity, keeping myself from thinking that I have to do it all, uh, because I don't, and, um, nobody can, and, um, you are worth more. I am worth more than what I produce in a day. So, Uh, To end this uh, podcast episode, I'm going to share with you another poem. Uh, Again, these are some things, little prose poems that I've written. 
in the first few months of being postpartum with the twins. Um, so here, here it is. Thick sleep covers my eyes. Squeaks and cries come from the, from the bassinet in the corner. Warm little baby breaths on my cheek as I hold them up to my face and kiss them. Burp rags clothe the end of our bed. Breastfeeding pillow consumes my stomach. Toddler, toddler's curious energy touches everything in sight. Correcting, training, loving before my feet even hit the floor. I actually, I didn't plan for that one to be with today's episode, but just thinking about that last line, correcting, training, and loving before my feet even hit the floor. I mean, ladies, that if that's you, like you are, you're working from the moment you get up, the moment your eyes open, you are working. <laughs> and so again, don't think that your days are spent doing nothing because they are doing something. They're doing something beautiful. They're doing something for eternity. All of the little things that you do for your kids, um, and you, especially in the very early years, like right now, like where I am there, I think often they're not going to remember this, but somebody said this to me once that, um, the, it's written on their heart, everything that you're doing, it's written on their heart. So their minds may not remember it, but their little hearts sure feel loved, secured, taught, um, guided, safe, um, so let that be an encouragement to you. Well, to end this podcast, I'll give you the benediction that I was given at that church. Now, you have dignity in your being because you are made in the image of God. So go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, doing what you do every day at home. Take care, my friends. Hey listeners, have you ever wanted to start a podcast, but the idea of figuring out technology and recording has stopped you? Well, that was the case for me too, until I heard about Spotify for podcasters. They make it so easy for this busy mom of three to record, edit, and publish my podcast. And here is the best part. It's free, like really free, no hidden trials or premium memberships, truly free. They have everything you need to make your podcast happen. Try Spotify for podcasters for free today. Thanks for tuning in. For daily interactions and more inspiration, find me on the socials at Harbor Home 32 or my blog, harborhome32.com. Talk with you next time. Bye.